Hi, I'm Rachel from Papyrus, and for today's Papyrus Hopecast, we are joined by Millie, Mark and Grace from BAFTA award-winning animation studio, Blue Zoo. On World Suicide Prevention Day, Papyrus will be releasing an animation created by Blue Zoo called Sink and Feeling. Sink and Feeling explores themes such as isolation, loneliness and suicidal thoughts, highlighting the importance of reaching out to support those around you. We caught up with the team from Blue Zoo earlier this week via Zoom to learn more about the incredible animation they have created and the processes behind the masterpiece. In this podcast, we discuss how the animation came about, the process of creating the animation, including stylistic choices, the themes and messages explored in the animation, and why creating this animation means so much to those involved at Blue Zoo. Welcome to Papyrus Hopecast. Thank you so much for joining me in our Hopecast this week. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about your animation, Sink and Feeling. Um, So I've got three people um, joining me from Blue Zoo today, and I'll just let them introduce themselves. Okay. Uh, First sitting in line happens to be me, but my name (laughs) is Lily Spouse, and I was the lead effects animator on this project in Blender. But I do 2D animation work at the studio. Cool. Um, I'm Mark. I was well. I'm Mark Spokes. It's my full name. Uh, I was the director for this short film, um, and I, uh, I I'm an animator at Blue Zoo, working on uh, kids television. And I'm Grace Hebditch. I'm marketing manager at Blue Zoo, um, and I've been helping out on some of the promotion on Thinking Feeling. Oh well, it's really nice to meet you all. And as I said, thank you for joining us. Um, I've luckily had the privilege of watching the animation that Blue Zoo has made and um, I absolutely love it, it's so emotional and I just can't wait for other people to have the chance to kind of watch it. Um, but for our listeners who haven't watched it yet, can you just give like a brief um, intro into what the animation short is about? Yeah, well, that's, thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, Sinking Feeling uh, is a short film that we made uh, for Papyrus, um, the main goal of raising awareness for the charity and um, as well as other goals of breaking stigma about talking about suicide. And it's a short film about uh, two friends uh, in sort of high school, college age. um, And one of them is slowly sinking into the floor like it's made of quicksand or mud, but no one else around them uh, seems to be noticing or paying attention to that. Um, And then... And that's the general sort of, you know, overview of the story. Um, and as the film progresses, they sink further and further and further into the ground. And uh, yet yeah, still no one really realises or notices. They start to struggle in school and then um, the teacher doesn't realise either until eventually they uh, sink all the way down uh, under the under the ground into this really dark place where it seems like there's almost no escape. But then their friend... Uh, eventually works up the courage to go in and uh, go in after them and sort of save them. And that's sort of the general plot of the short film. It's about a minute and a half long. <laughs> so it's very tightly edited. It's good. Oh no, thank you for sharing that. And as I said at the beginning, I am excited for other people to be able to see that. So it's been um, released on World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, mm. So 
you can watch out for that coming out. Um, so Sync and Feeling was part of a pitch competition um, for your animators at Blue Zoo. Mm. Um, and we did have some really incredible entries. Um, but can you just tell us a bit more about how this process worked? Okay, so um, Blue Zoo as a studio has a, has a uh, short film program where every year um, the studio creates a brief and gives it to everyone in the studio where any any artist or not even artist, anyone in the studio who works there can can pitch an idea for it. And if it gets chosen, they get the opportunity to, to make it, essentially. Very uh, exciting time for everyone, whether they're storyboarders <laughs> or not. I see plenty of people go to their desks and start boarding things at work when they should be doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, production production goes down a little bit. <laughs> everyone wants a chance. Yeah, but it's... um. Yeah, it's really exciting. And um, but usually they're very like comedic themed. They're usually very slapstick, like most animation is what most people want to make. But um, we made this in, uh, you know, the Christmas of we started making it in the Christmas of uh, 2019. So start of 2020. And it was a very difficult time for well everyone. Um, and this even young people were struggling so much. So we felt like we wanted to that year refocus a little bit on uh, from comedy to sort of helping people and maybe trying to sort of do something a bit more meaningful with it. So I think the executive team uh, looked out for charities that they could help. And I think Papyrus um, seemed to be like a really, really, you know, uh, a good cause um, and a brilliant charity to sort of help out. So we decided, you know, to contact them. And I think we interviewed, I think they interviewed with them, with Papyrus, um, and to try and find out what the best sort of message for them would be and what kind of film if they could have one uh what what, what kind of film they would want and then uh i think after that we also we have blue zoo has a choir has a studio and uh we thought it would be a good idea to have the choir uh be part of the short film to create the sort of backing vocals and, and audio, audio for the film so they did a rendition of true colors uh, which seemed like a really good fit, and it, and it works quite well. So I'm really happy with that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, then uh, the exec team put that into a pitch and sent that to the studio, and everyone voted on their favorite ideas. And oh, I chose, I chose mine, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so that was that was a bit of a shock. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shock, but it was it was it was a welcome surprise. Um, it was an amazing idea, amazing pitch. Thank you. Yeah, it was... it's a beautiful short. Thank you. And it made me cry from the storyboards and then every render afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I've looked at it for too long. I don't know how anyone can. I, I just see moving shapes. I don't. I don't see the story anymore. So, uh, oh, so... I, I, everyone on my team was always watching it and talking about how it made them cry every single time they were having to rewatch it and listen to the music again. Oh, it was me. an extremely moving short. Well, I have, to, I have to take your word for it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I remember oh. as well, the exec team were really, there was um, a very sobering statistic about um, suicide being the biggest killer of um, people under 30 or 35. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, at the end of the day, was um, the big, one of the biggest um, cinching points for um, Luzu was really wanting to help out Papyrus and young people at this particularly difficult time of the pandemic and you know you're meant to be young and yeah. have all these opportunities ahead of you but um, everything just kind of shut down and we wanted to kind of use our platform for good and 
create something that would have a great impact on the world. So, yeah. And, and thankfully, Mark was uh, willing to lend his talents to that. And he's been a fantastic director. Yeah, no, it, it really like it was quite crazy time. Um, and, you know, even even us and like we have quite a nice closely knit community at the studio. Um, but even we even I was feeling pretty lonely at the time. So I couldn't imagine how difficult it would be for people in less fortunate situations. So, yeah, it was quite a nice uh, thing to sort of try and do something <laughs> for, you know, to help in that sort of situation. So, yeah. Um, no, thanks for explaining that. And obviously, thanks, Mark, for your idea. And I just love how it sounds like everyone was so supportive in Blue Zoo of your idea and everyone. And um, as you were saying, Millie, that you, even your team was getting emotional over it. And I think that's so nice to hear that it was like um, everyone working together and to create your idea and obviously the final final product is absolutely amazing and I'm really glad that you brought up your choir actually as well that was one of my favorite things um on the video is that having your choir sing through colors and having like all them voices come together it just kind of it makes us sound like we're together and it, I just like how you brought people together and that song is really really nice so I can't that's wait to hear that that's absolutely true actually um the choir was brought together as a lockdown activity as a way to kind of bring people in the studio together so yeah yeah mm. it is really uh, nice. I, I never well I was never a part of it and I hadn't seen too much of it but once I saw the true colors and I think there was a little image or a video or something of everyone's screens and all their faces singing the song yeah. together and I was like oh look at all those people that are in our studio I can't see them right now but I love listening yeah. to the song to remember that they're all there and they're the people I work with. <laughs> no, I remember that little music video, and yeah, I I didn't recognise many of the faces in it, um, <laughs> which was really sad because like I want to meet these people. I did go to one of those choir training sort of things. I did go to one of them, and I just couldn't. I I wasn't confident enough really to. I felt like I don't. I can't do this. Uh, uh, not for me. Yeah, but it, it was really nice to have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Mel who um, edited all of those videos together and you can have a look at them on the Blue Zoo Vimeo if you want to. Um, you can see there's a few songs that they've done and they're really, they're really beautiful and lovely to listen to. Yeah. Including the long version of True Colours. So you've explained a bit about the kind of the process of how this video came about um, but could you tell us a bit more about how you made the animation and how you worked with the papyrus on themes and messages that are included? Um, okay so yeah so it started yeah it all started with uh, into, you know uh, they, the exec team shared uh, an interview with papyrus where they really broke down what message they wanted to tell what was important uh, what things they wanted, what things they didn't want. Um, uh, and that was all very important to base off, like, uh, you know, to go forward from there. And basically the main thing they wanted was, uh, they wanted the film to be about uh, encouraging people to reach out to their friends and family members um, if they can tell they're struggling and if they're worried that they might have uh, suicidal thoughts or uh, or anything like that. And, and instead of leaving it, to them to speak up because I think a lot of campaigns before this have been focusing on 
people to if they're having suicidal thoughts to be the person to speak up and seek out help but it's almost better and more helpful for other people to come to them and I thought that was a pretty good and strong message mm -hmm. um, there's a temptation to remove yourself from other people when, yes. when you're thinking about that kind of thing so it's really important for everyone else to reach in and be like no you're not you're not a burden you're not in the way yeah. Yeah. we need to talk to them and help them out of that space certainly and i think the other thing was uh, a big part they said is to dispel the stigma of talking about suicides um because typically it's not something that people talk about people find it very distasteful to talk about people just don't want to think about it um so that when people you know are worried that their friend might be like uh you know and well, they're worried for a friend that they might be suicidal they don't want to talk about it they're scared they feel like they might put ideas in their heads or or that it's just they have no clue of how to approach them about it so i think it's you know that was the focus of the film to try and people to not be scared and uh, not to try and break that stigma and get people to be comfortable talking about these things um and also to direct them towards papyrus where they can learn how to um, you know, then get the support they might need to know how to talk, approach people about these things basically um and then actually making the film yeah we had the script from the pitch and uh we also had a storyboard uh, that i put together uh from the pitch which then um and then some, some crude character designs which then got like you know worked on and developed over a month or two um and uh eventually the characters got finalized and went to modeling um where they got built and put into into the sort of 3d programs uh and not to get too technical uh and the storyboard yeah we we we, we created like a proper uh fleshed out storyboard for the whole film and i papyrus gave off gave their feedback to to the storyboard and they seemed to be pretty uh happy with it they weren't entirely sure about the ending of the film and i don't know if i should talk about the ending of the film too much was that like spoilers or should i just just talk about it might as well just talk about it um right everyone go watch the short now and then yeah. come back to this podcast and we'll talk about the end of the short <laughs> it's not like it's not it's not exactly end game but yeah it's um it, yeah the ending of the short they um after uh the friend um oh yeah we we gave the characters names they don't have names in the short uh because they never speak but um for the terms of production and, and keeping things organized and making sense, we gave the uh, the character that's struggling with the, with the orange jacket uh, the name Benji and the friend in the blue uh, the name Jack. So Benji and Jack. So um, yeah, when, when Benji's in the void and Jack comes in to save him after, after that, they sort of, uh, they sort of connect and they sort of, uh, Benji opens up and they hug and it's a lovely little sort of scene. And then after that, we see them on a boat and they're sailing in, in sort of into the sunset. But the, the idea of that was to show that uh, together they're sort of helping to sort of overcome uh, Benji's problem of sinking into the ground. But it's still, it was the sort of metaphor is that it's still there. He's still sort of sinking. But now that they're there and they're both aware of the problem, they can help each other. And that's what the sort of the boat comes into it. And I think in script, the charity didn't quite understand that they were like we don't we're not sure about this but i think once they saw the storyboard they were like ah we we get it it makes sense now 
Mm. So that was that was a really really nice sort of moment. Also quite a uh, relief as well because otherwise I would have to completely rethink the end of it. But um, that was a really nice moment when I finally like they said, "Oh yeah, we get it, we love it, it's good." So mm. that was a nice sort of thing. And then um, and then when it's animation and. I think the final sort of edit of the film, I think, hadn't really changed much from the uh, from the story from the storyboards. It kept so, pretty much the same from the storyboards till the end. It didn't yeah. change all that much, which is great for a yeah. production. That's it's extremely rare. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a that's a good sign. So, mm. and then Papyrus, I think it's just a testament yeah. to what a great idea it was. Hey, hey. yeah. <laughs> it was solid from beginning to end we, we knew what we were going for yeah um well I, I came on about halfway through uh to do the 2d part um i i i'd seen the storyboard i'd seen the votes and everything and um it, it really resonated me with me because i had a friend who when we were in secondary school uh attempted to kill themselves but mm. uh, they got through it and I'd always wondered what more support we could have had at that time, but it, it resonated to me in that way. And I'd also opened Blender one time, <laughs> I'd opened it maybe once before, and all the uh, effects animators from the 2D part of the studio um, were emailing back saying how they wanted to work on it, but they hadn't worked in Blender before, which oh. is this, um, yeah, it, it's this uh, open source free program for people to use, but it's essentially 3D with some 2D stuff tacked on rather recently. It's been a 3D program up until now. So uh, I tried the 2D stuff once or twice before because it was free and because I wanted to practice somewhere. Mm. So I, I at least responded with, hi, I've opened Blender. I know something about it. <laughs> Shall I help <laughs> out with the 2D effect? Yeah. So, and uh, it, de it definitely pushed me to, to go ahead and say that. Um, it ended up in some odd things on the 2D end in that I was teaching all the people who were my leads in the 2D studio <laughs> how to use the program, even though I was like 10 years younger than all of them, which was very odd. But, you know, we, we managed to get a 2D team together in the end and managed to work on this 3D program, which is very exciting. Yeah, I, I don't think I thanked you enough for that, to be honest, for coming <laughs> forth and doing that, because you were there from like pretty early on doing all the tests for us and you seemed really mm -hmm. eager to help out and you did sort of pave the way for the other, because our studio is quite new to this software that we were using. Mm -hmm. um, so very, very little people knew the way around it and you sort of, and even less had, had used the sort of tools that we were using. So you sort of paved the way for that. So yeah, you ended up becoming <laughs> the lead of, um, for that. Yeah, it was a lot of tutorial watching. And then uh, actually there's a guy I follow on Twitter who's Canadian who yeah. happened to be learning Blender at the same time. And because he's Canadian, he'd stream learning it, but he'd stream it at 1 a.m. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd stay up really late to watch him and uh, ask questions mm. and we'd figure it out together. So mm. luckily I had that guy, uh, Aaron Schmidt, he's, he's wonderful. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I had done a few other tutorials, so I knew the basics. It wasn't just staying up at 1 a.m. But well, you, uh, it, it was very satisfying. You did a really good job of it. I mean, I think the idea for the, for the, the 2D effects, which is mainly what we're talking about, is um, when the character's sinking, all the gloopy sort of effects of like mud, like thick mud effects of them sinking. Um, oh, yeah. That's pretty much, this is pretty much what um, Millie was in charge of, of, of providing. 
Um, so most of the te- most of the film and the characters are all done in, in 3D, which are their 3D models that are animated and then rendered. And it's, they're just made to look two-dimensional. They're made to look very flat. But the actual animation of all the gloops and all the liquid effects, that's all done um, in sort of 2D. Kind yeah. of, kind we, of. It's a bit. A lot of references of like, uh, if anyone's seen Spirited Away, there's this mud that she wades through, and it all kind of parts, and it's it's heavy, and she's got to push against it. Yeah. And we wanted to um, draw from things like that. It ended mm-hmm. up looking uh, kind of watery in the end, in that we had like little highlighted ripples and things, and it, it looked more like water, and then it matched with the boat at the end, so it became like oil yeah. slick water. But uh, we also played with. Um, like lower frame rates on the 3D models to kind of match with Spider-Verse we'd been inspired by and things like that. Lots of 3D animation has gone towards lower frame rates. Yeah, and, we wanted, because yeah. I think it helped it look more 2D with having a lower frame rate, less less drawings per second, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it also meant less work for the which was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are a couple things I still had to draw every frame of like when the camera was moving down over that bubble, because while the camera was moving, it was obvious the bubble wasn't moving oh, yeah. at speed. But that, bubble, time... that bubble pop does look really good though. Where, where they're sort of, <laughs> they've, they've just sunk under the ground and the last bubble comes up and pops and then the friends mm. <gasps> panics. That, that was a really good shot. I was really happy with that one. Big oil slick bubble. That was quite fun to do. Uh, yeah. Though it was coming near the end of production. So I'd had enough practice to, to make it in the end look as good as we can make it (laughs) (laughs) you'd never be able to tell that you had just learned this software for this animation so Mm. um, I hope you enjoyed (laughs) it and from someone that has never done animation before um, and like honestly it blows my mind what you can do and the skills that you've got um, I know that you've just touched on it a little, but for everyone that's listening that is more creative than me and is into animation, um, can you just kind of go through the process behind some of the artistic choices in the film? Um, sure. So I think starting there, there's, 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 oh God, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about here. Um, so bits and bobs. So yeah, like we were just talking about the, the, the um the sinking effect with all the ripples as they were falling we really wanted like millie said to make that feel thick and heavy like he's being like when someone's on this quicksand they're being sucked under almost i think the i don't know if it comes across enough in the film but the metaphor i wanted was um like in quicksand the more you struggle against it the the worse your situation gets the more you sit down and i thought that that resonated quite well with the message of the film where like if you are at least in my experience, uh, if you if if you're having really negative thoughts or you're ruminating or or something, if you the more you try, and, sometimes the more you try and fight those thoughts, uh, the more you try and like push it away or or something or uh, or not really accept it or deal with it, like the worse your situation gets. And I thought that was quite a nice sort of mm-hmm. metaphor for it. Um, other things, uh, the Didn't we play with uh, how. Benji and Jack moved at different frame rates. Because... We we did that. That didn't happen in the end of the, in the end. No. Because uh, we we looked at Spider Verse and we were fascinated by uh, in if you've watched Enter the Spider Verse, the Spider Man animated Sony animated movie. We love that. that lot now. Every <laughs> everyone in the animation behind you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, well, every everyone. I've got loves... one, but it's on that wall. <laughs> it... 
it's animators like bible at this point yeah, it's, it's a very it's a very pretty movie it's very good um <laughs> it's, it's brilliant uh but in that film um the two spider-men for most of the film uh miles um uh the young sort of to be spider-man and the old jaded spider-man uh they're and for most of the time they're animated on different frame rates so um miles is animated on like twos and threes maybe sometimes um whilst uh frames right frames per second yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. oh not frames per second. it's like 12 frames per second uh whilst um so every 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 there's a there's a new drawing every two frames in the film basically um mm -hmm. whilst the older spider-man is every one frame so he's got a drawing for every frame so he's much smoother and i think the reason behind that is because like i think it's a confidence thing miles is is not a proper spider-man yet so he's not yeah and well, we wanted old jaded spider-man knows knows the ropes he's going he, yeah he knows exactly what he's doing yeah he's so miles miles looks a lot more um like choppy yeah yeah and peter parker looks smooth he, yes he just sails into being spider-man no he's yeah. just confident he knows what he's doing um and it's not until the end of the film where miles becomes like a proper spider-man he puts on his lovely uh suit like proper spider-man suit that he suddenly is also animated on once because he's now i'm talking too much about spider-verse um <laughs> but the point was uh, we wanted to try and do something like that where um, in our film where Jack would be animated on a much higher frame rate, much more smooth, whilst uh, Benji would be more choppy. And I think we did experiment with that, but it was would have been caused too many problems when it came to uh, and, and too many like issues when it came to lighting and, and also for the 2D effects. Um, There's an I, art to it that's yes. difficult to figure out. Yes. Um, and, and they managed it for a feature-long movie where they specialised in just that. But yes. it might be a bit too difficult to get across in the show. Also, they have about three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a very, very large budget to uh, to do. So that's it's a different situation. But I think we had a large meeting. Well, I had a meeting. We were brought up in a meeting. had a little talk about it. And we decided best to just sort of leave it. Because it's some of those. It's a very subtle thing. It's something you feel rather than see. And it's not necessarily a thing. But there are other things, like the character designs we wanted to make Benji the um the guy who's struggling to really feel like he's isolating himself. That's why we had that hood over his head that's really like like you pull the tag so it's just really closed in on his face. We thought that would be a nice sort of character design way of showing that he's feeling isolated. Um and also his jacket, his um sort of orange puffy jacket feels a bit like a uh, sort of reminiscent of a life jacket which sort of fits into the theming of the film of of, of struggling and um so yeah that was all quite like part of like the design that went into that um and the gen the film in total it's all very minimalist like we are our backgrounds are all 2d and simple um and that was partially to try and draw focus to the main characters um uh and to try and and, and also like draw attention to the lovely like effects and uh, seeking effects and stuff and just help with the storytelling I think the only also, characters designed in it really are the two main characters and then the big scary teacher. <laughs> yeah, the big scary teacher. Yeah. Big scary teacher. <laughs> that was a tough also, one actually. Sorry. It it kind of um contributes to the atmosphere, I feel, as well. It all feels a little Definitely. diluted in the backgrounds. Um yeah, it helps with the isolation. The struggle. Benji. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We tried to make the color palette change subtly throughout the film where it gets a bit more gray, a little bit more um, desaturated as, as Benji starts to struggle more and more throughout the film. Um, and then when he ends up going under the ground into this dark void, um, we wanted to really feel like it, you know, he's sinking down to this really harsh blackness and try and feel like add a little bit of sort of this feeling of like hopelessness or, or, or like claustrophobia. Mm. Didn't um, we have a bunch of different tests about how that dark area would work? Yeah, we did. We did so many tests. I think Grant, who was the art director, eventually um, made some charcoal. He got some actual charcoal out. Yeah. He's, he's got his lovely, you know, arts and crafts tools out and made a bunch of charcoal backgrounds. Um, and they're what you actually see, maybe slightly comp compilated, but it, that's what you see in the film. Just the, these charcoal backgrounds that he just did a whole bunch of. And it just cycles between them, so it feels like it's moving. Mm. Um, and that he, really he came well. to me with something similar for the trans. Uh, there's a transition from when they're underwater to when they transition to being out of water again. Yeah. And uh, we had a bit of a mix of me drawing like a 2D sketch of it swiping across the screen, and then him putting charcoal stuff over it. <laughs> that, that transition ended up being more complicated than we'd ever hoped it would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> and being an odd mix between 2d and 3d stuff again no. uh, we hadn't expected that transition to be so difficult <laughs> it looked great though it looked absolutely brilliant um it looks fantastic the, bit, the good thing about these sort of short films is that it, for the studio it's a good opportunity to, to experiment with techniques and softwares and, and things that we aren't 100% used to doing that's part of a big reason for us doing it is just because that's you know where we get a lot of our sort of development work in is is, is making these short films because we can it's a format where we can be a bit more we can take a few risks and we can try some new things and see if they work sometimes they do sometimes they might not but it's you know worth trying yeah you can't experiment with different stuff on a tv show that's got to be the same every episode <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've got to get that right first time, usually. Yeah, that's the space for advertisements and short films where you can make something different. Yeah, it's good fun. Absolutely, and that and that kind of um, it it works towards having this um, really high quality work that is created for productions and service work. When we do these kind of side projects, we can really have that flexibility and exciting workflow and creative juices just going anywhere. Mm. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, it's something that Bluesy really champions is this sort of um, uh, driving, driving for new things to try try what's the next exciting thing. Um, and that is also what the Bluesy Shorts program is about. Definitely, yeah. Let's get as many people involved as possible because anyone has the opportunity to work on these, um, on these projects if they want to. Um, you know, we try and divvy out the work into small portions so as many different animators can can get involved if they want to and quite a lot of people did want to get involved in this one yeah it was quite nice yeah i think my entire uh effects team ended up being involved um, <laughs> we, we were actually really busy on our own show at the time we had a few episodes that were really tricky and uh my effects lead Stuart um had just had a baby that month so he'd just come back from paternity leave and he was still looking after a baby in the house as he was remote working. So uh, I had to teach him Blender 
while there's a baby crying in the background. <laughs> there's a whole lot. But we, we'd all kind of agreed like, oh, no, we, we won't get involved in this. It'll be fine. And then as I was working on it and doing these tutorials and like mentioned it every now and then, they'd all be like, oh, I kind of I kind of wish I'd actually signed up to work on that. Can we still do that? So we'd ended up yeah. with the 2D people from my team and both the compositors also mm. joined in to help with Blender and the lighting and so on. So we all got mm. involved, even though we definitely had far too much going on at the time. Okay. It was only last week I got a message from someone on LinkedIn who saw like a, a, a breakdown we did for a festival months ago and was like, oh, I'd love to get involved and help out however I can. Like, we, sorry, but we it's finished done. this project months and months ago. But thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Can I ask, um, Mark, do you know how long um, from kind of beginning to end, how long did the project take? So pitch the pitch was in um, November, and I think we started doing the design work, and I started doing the thumbnails uh, for the storyboard around mid-December, mm. maybe end of, maybe I think around early January, around early January. And then um, the final film was finished, and I think sent to Papyrus uh, towards the involved. end of April. Well, yeah, end of, end of April, I think. Around the end yeah, of April. I got involved like early March, I think, and then compositing yeah. was going on in April. So, yeah. Been. So it took a, it took about three to four months to create. Um, this was during, um, this was during lockdown. This was during lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was all you know, all done remotely, um, and during other projects, uh, whilst doing done at this in tandem of other projects so it was sort of on the side as well um sort of slowly taking over but it was uh it was a it was a fun project to do and it was a certainly you know kept me preoccupied throughout lockdown I can say that <laughs> but it was it was nice it was it was sort of a good bonding experience um you know it got me to it got i think it drew quite a lot of people together um throughout lockdown so it was quite a comforting experience i think yeah. for the most part when lockdown was just starting, everyone was saying, oh, yes, we're going to go in, go home. We're going to read books and become geniuses at our crafts. And th this was our one. This is <laughs> this was it. Yeah, this, that was it. <laughs> yeah. I certainly told myself I'd do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just made banana bread like everybody else. Yeah, banana bread, <laughs> banana bread and roller skating. Those are the two things everyone got into. I think I managed right. to make one loaf of bread. All the others were failures. <laughs> so, it did better than I did. I think I made one batch of like brownies. That was yeah. it. Didn't do yeah. any other baking. Yeah. That was it. Can't go wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think it did. You definitely did a lot more than I did. I um, watched a lot of Netflix in yeah. lockdown. Um, I was lucky enough to still be working like you guys. And by the time I'd finished work, I was definitely ready to sit on the couch and watch lots of Netflix. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, like you've mentioned that you were learning like new skills and that you were navigating lockdown, um, which obviously must have been quite tricky. But what was like your favourite part of the process? And I know that you said that you'd learned um, a new kind of software, but was there anything else that you'd learned along the way? Um favorite part of the process uh for me is certainly was towards the end of the project the, the beginning of the project um storyboarding it and when everything's new and, and loose and not all the ideas have been made not all the decisions have been made yet so you're still trying to figure out the story or uh, and everything and having like a professional 
storyboard artist at my disposal was quite a novelty for me so I was like what <laughs> telling you know saying I want I want this change this change hope I didn't go on too much of a power trip but it was it was a really fun experience to sort of see the project come to life and go from a script to an actual moving thing with life into it that was really exciting the, um, the promise at the beginning is a lot more fun than the stress of realizing you have to make it <laughs> yeah yeah later on uh, when, I, when I was learning Blender it was definitely exciting and new and getting those first effects out and going oh wow I, I did it you can put 2D things in a 3D <laughs> space and it looks relatively okay yeah. <laughs> then uh, then then you get excited um because I'd also also always wanted to try the 3D and 2D effects being mixed together because even before Spider-Verse there were a couple of um, shows and things that I'd seen had done it and uh, I'd always been excited and giving it a try. Hmm. So when we got your first test with you know the with proper render of the 3D characters with the 2D effects and saw that working finally we were like yes it works <laughs> that was a really good moment. Yeah we had that shader over it as well to get the like kind of texture going on uh, yeah. the kind of dusty sandy well n not grainy texture yeah. that that definitely was the moment for me like whoa yeah. there it is it worked <laughs> did it but um as for um as for like different like most like tricky parts of the pre uh, of the project i feel like in general one of the difficulties was um due to like the 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 nature of of the of the project of the brief i think it was quite difficult for me to sort of toe the line between being creative and loose with the idea um whilst you know effectively telling the message that we needed to because it's such a heavy heavy subject matter it was you know and because it's such an important mess you know it's it's, it's such an important thing to be doing that it was difficult to sort of yeah stay loose and and, and creative and not get sort of stifled and and stressed or, or or you know get just too sort of bogged down in oh i better make the right decision because this is important because when you do that then you get stuck you, you you won't make any decisions if you're constantly scared you'll make the wrong one so for me that was one of the bigger sort of struggles in directing it um luckily Blue Zoo's got a, quite a nice sort of young jovial atmosphere so that helped in keeping things light and keeping things moving and keeping things sort of fresh so that was a big help if it was just me and my alone in my room I think it would be much harder oh yeah but, but frankly I was yeah. in, in zoom calls all the constantly talking about ideas bouncing them off people um and just thanks to that atmosphere it was much 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 easier so that was I'm quite thankful for that I don't know if it would be possible to make a short about a subject so kind of heavy to talk about <laughs> yes. alone yeah. in your room <laughs> with no one else helping out. That, yeah. That's yeah. against the, yeah. the message of the short, isn't it? That you're supposed to reach out to people. Yeah. Can't do that alone in your room. No, certainly not. Yeah. And, and yeah, that totally, that, that kind of um, underpins the message of the short, doesn't it? That you you didn't want to feel so stifled that you couldn't say anything um mm. and that and that's the whole point isn't it we're trying to make it so stop the stigma we're trying to make it so that people feel equipped and empowered to bring up this subject that it's something that people can talk about with their loved ones um, yeah i'm so to 
Kia that you've had that support when you were working on this project and um, obviously as you were saying it's not ideal just sitting in your own room with nobody else to talk to so I'm really glad to hear that you could go on Zoom calls and you had other people to talk to throughout the project and yeah. um, you can clearly see that you've brought all your skills together and that you have worked on a team to um, create this project and um, as you were saying before that the animation does show a young person struggling and their friend recognizing this and reaching in to support them and mm. i really like what you said before mark that you thought it was really important um that it wasn't just kind of the person with um suicidal thoughts reaching out it was it's the person reaching into them and i always say that suicide's everyone's business um so i'm really really happy that we did go down that kind of route and mm. we're all young people here so um i'd like <laughs> to know why you think it's important that we have this message um yeah i i i agree like there was part of the brief of the film i wanted almost the friend to almost be the protagonist of the film the hero to to go in and help the friend, because that's really yeah, what the message of the film is about. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, part of the reason I think why I pitched for this film and wanted to create it was because I, 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 like Millie was saying earlier, I, I've, I'm pretty sure like most people, I've, I've, I've known people, I've had friends, even before leaving school, I, you know, had known people who'd uh, at least attempted uh, to sort of take their own life and. I mean, I had no clue at the time how to react to that. I, 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 I would laugh maybe because I'd be like, not in a, not in like a hard way, like, oh, that's really funny, but like because an awkward laugh because I wouldn't know how to respond to it. Yeah, what do you say? What do you say to that? Um, yeah. Well, I, I remember yeah. the, um, the, yeah, again, I had that friend who nearly committed suicide, but before that even, mum mm. would go through, it's not really a new problem because my mum would go through photos of her at school mm. and she'd like point at each, each person on the room and be like, oh, they're doing really well. They've had a child here. This one's disabled now. This one committed suicide at 35. And I'd be like, mum, why are you telling me this? Yeah. <laughs> it's really dark. Why would you tell me that? And then I'm like, no, wait, of, of course she should tell me that. That's yeah. something, it's, it's history. It's what that person on the photo what happened to them like you need to know really? that this happens constantly yeah and, and it's, the it's more not that we, and it's not going away yeah definitely i agree the more that we obviously talk about suicide especially in a safe um kind of way um so like at papyrus we always say don't mention method we try and use words and um, like taking their own life um or took their own life um rather than use the word committed and it's mm. just people learning how to talk about suicide safely will help open up them safe conversations and I think it's really nice that your animation doesn't actually use any words at all and um, it's the how the video makes you feel and I think that's a really nice way to enter it rather than people being worried about well actually how do I start them conversations how do I talk about suicide they don't need to it's always how you act and just asking your friend if if they are okay or asking a family exactly, yeah. member. don't have to mention yeah. suicide all the time um it's just going to that level that you're comfortable with and making sure that you talk about it safely um mm -hmm. so you're opening that that conversation you're, you're exactly. saying any we're safe here you can say anything mm -hmm. like, exactly yeah. I, yeah. I think a good thing that papyrus is doing is and hopefully might do in the future is continue to do is educate people especially very young people of how to what, what to do in these situations of how you know to, to tell them that it's okay to talk about these things and you know encourage them to to reach out to their friends if they tell them they're struggling um 
and yeah, just give them some sort of rhetoric of 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 uh, of, of, of you know how to deal with those situations. I think that's really really important. Um, and it's you know, and there's so much misinformation and, and out there, and things that I've been told as a young man that just are not true of what to you know of 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 those situations. So I think it's important, yeah, to to reach out to young people and, and tell them how to reach out to other people basically yeah i wouldn't say society has been the best at telling people not to commit suicide recently like like that just don't do it doesn't really help yeah yeah but but i think um especially with the whole like your friends need to talk to you about it um again back back to my friend uh, the various things first clear clear up the situation uh they were a she before they tried to commit suicide now they are a he so i'm going to refer to them as a he now i don't know how much that related into the suicide in particular but like that part plus they didn't really get on with their parents or their stepdad at the mm. time plus they would uh, i think their parents wanted to move to Germany and they wanted to keep studying in England and they couldn't find a place to stay in England. They had a friend who they might stay with in England who like at the last moment backed out so they didn't have anywhere to live. They couldn't take their cat with them. All sorts of just things that came together which caused a sudden moment decision. And having, if you can't get any support from any of those areas, then it has to be your friends. You can't if you can't get support from your parents because they're going away or you don't get along with them it has mm. to be your friends or your school or people that care about you that are going to step in and help you through that so friends in particular has to be the most important spot where we get that kind of help and i think this short in particular helps with that awareness yeah yeah and if Papyrus had been around, maybe things would have been different, you know, but he is happy now. He's he's married and living in L.A., you know, so arguably he's doing better than I am, which is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad yeah. they're doing well. Yeah, yeah. But he, he, he talks to me about it a lot and wants this to be improved. So a, another thing that encouraged me to go along with helping helping out Papyrus. And I, I think it's a wonderful charity and they should do more work along that front yeah but it's like it's like you said Rachel it doesn't isn't necessarily always have to be as 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 high stakes as as that way you're like it, it can be it can literally just be uh, you know encouraging people just to ask their friends how they're doing mm -hmm. and more often than not they might just be fine but it's about being there in case they're not and yeah having helping you know being there to sort of for, for them to lean on even just a little bit you know could make a huge difference so i think that's Open the entire that point door. yeah 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 i think um for, for me when i when i kind of started working on this project i felt um i felt very humbled and excited um and happy to work on this because i feel like it's such an important subject and i um what uh, what amazed me when we were preparing for this call was everybody had, you know, as you say, we're all young people here, even though mm. I feel a bit hello, fellow kids. Hello, fellow teens. I'm not 13 anymore. <laughs> I, um, I, I was amazed that we all had a personal experience. We all had something to bring um, that was from our personal life. And that, that astounded me because 
like I said before, you don't hear about suicide in every everyday life, but it's very much part of everyday life. It is happening a lot, especially for young young people, young men as well. Mm. And it's not talked about enough. Um, and I and I think that's one of the reasons that I feel very very proud to be part of this project, and I'm really grateful that it exists. Definitely. Well, I'd just like to say thank you to all of you for like sharing your experiences with suicide and um, obviously people can be affected in so many different ways but thank you so much for sharing um, and it's just really nice um, to hear you talking about talking about this and using this project to hopefully and them experiences to hopefully help other people which is really really nice um, and obviously just for our listeners I'd just like to say we have obviously throughout this um, mentioned that it's not just always just on that person it's checking in with your friends but what do you do if they do say that they are having suicidal thoughts and what what do you do if they say yes and I'd just like to say that Papyrus is there to support you as well and we do support concerned others um, and if you need to debrief after a conversation around suicide so you're not alone neither like please remember that everyone is supported and um, so if you do need to talk about suicide please get in touch with Hopeline UK um, but no, thank you so much for sharing because I do understand that talking about suicide is a, can be very difficult for some people. Um, and I know that we've touched upon what you knew about Papyrus before, but it'd be really interesting to know, like, did you actually know much about Papyrus before you started the project or did you just learn about Papyrus as you were kind of going through the animation? Um, yeah, I had no idea. I had never... <laughs> I, I'd, I'd never heard of Papyrus before no. uh, before this. Um, I hadn't considered it. But um, I think, you know, in the lead up to the, the, the pitch and, and during the produ you know, early production of the project, I uh, looked through a lot of like, Papyrus' sort of content and support services stuff. And, and I was, you know, I personally learned a lot reading through all that about, you know, um, you know, myth busting certain like uh, presumptions that people have about suicide, and um, and just sort of learning for myself best ways to sort of you know handle uh, you know how, how to how to communicate with people about it. And I thought that was all outside of research for the short. It was certainly very useful on a personal level. Um, I was quite impressed for how to do that. And I mean, going forward. <laughs> If I or someone I know is, you know, is dealing with that, I, I may end up one day if uh, potentially, you know, if I need to, I, I, would, I would contact Papyrus if I needed support for something like that. Hopefully I don't, but that is something that I will try and keep in mind. It's great to have in your forward. arsenal, isn't it? Yes. No, know that it's there. Yeah, I, I didn't know about Papyrus before this, but I'm so glad I do now. And like, yeah. like Mark said, I've learned a lot. I was surprised that it was specifically aimed at young people or like people in school. Um, even though it had happened to me, I suppose still a part in my head thought that, oh, that's an adult thing, right? I thought yeah. maybe it was an extremely rare experience where it happened in school. Yeah. But uh, again, everyone who worked on this short has had a story kind of similar to that where very young people have made those decisions. So it's... It, 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 it's very good charity is basically <laughs> yeah charity good charity yeah, good. good good charity <laughs> no um my yeah I, maybe you're like me were like dealing with those sort of situations very early and maybe your teens you you felt like you were the outlier you were mm -hmm. 
you know it, it was just because it was you couldn't happen to everyone because you're yeah. this is special somehow but it's not it's this happens constantly to everyone or not everyone but more mom, many more people than you, you know, than you would expect especially at such a young age so here's mm. you know more reason to sort of raise awareness for it so um, and i really think this animation will raise awareness and will push them important messages that you've wanted to push obviously we cover themes such as loneliness isolation and suicidal thoughts from the film so um i really think that you can get their messages across with your animation um, is there anything else? I think we've covered loads today. Um, it's been really interesting to listen to all the processes, especially like I've never done an animation process before. So it's great to hear how you went from the very beginning to the very end. But is there anything else that you'd like to add about um, the animation? Um, I don't know. It's Watch it. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll on, on Papyrus's on Papyrus's channels. Yeah. September tenth. September yeah. yeah, September tenth. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show it to your friends and go, I'm sorry this is spooky and sad, but please watch it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's anyway. deeply emotional. It's really um yeah, I remember the first time I saw it, the first time I saw a kind of um layout of it with the music and everything, and I've just I just yeah. spontaneously um started bursting into tears and I was just like okay I wasn't what? expecting to go from like <laughs> zero to a hundred in such a short we, time. We talk about sadness and tears but really it's the upliftingness at the end that is. It is very uplifting. Part, sure. yeah. so I suppose yeah. we should call it bittersweet in a good way. Yes I think for me it. it was definitely more of a kind of um, I, I felt it very deeply mm. you know mm. the emotion of it is very moving very powerful. Was... Yeah, I completely agree. There's that message of hope even at the end that you are not alone and that is you can support each other and there is support out there. So although we're all saying it's emotional video, that there is that really nice kind of sense of hope. Um and I'm really excited to all our listeners to be able to um watch this animation. Um as Mark mentioned, it's gonna be released on World Suicide Prevention Day and it's called Sink and Feeling and you can watch it on all of the Pyrus's social media. Um, but now I'd just like to say thank you so much to Millie, Mark and Grace for, well firstly for working on this amazing animation and Mark for using your brain to come up with this great animation um, and it was just really really nice to talk to you today and just learn a bit more about the process of the, um, the video and how it came across so thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Papyrus Hopecast and for your part in making suicide part of the conversation. We would like to say a huge thank you to everyone at Blue Zoo for helping make this animation possible. And if you are interested in more behind the scenes from the animation Sink and Feeling, you can find those on Blue Zoo social media, blue underscore zoo. If you are a young person struggling with thoughts of suicide, or if you are worried about a young person, you can contact Hopeline UK on 0800 068 4141 or via text on 0786 39967 or via email on pat at papyrus-uk.org.